in your ear. Podcast Network. Hello, everybody. This is the Balls in Your Ear podcast. I'm Josh Sprague, and with me is Frank. Hello, Josh. Hi, Frank. Hi, everyone. Hello, Frank. Franklin. Um, We are doing a NBA edition because Frank is here, so you already know that, and it's not football season. Um, And this is episode two. Frank, how are you feeling after the first one? Were you a little sore? Legs a little sore? Yeah. Yeah. It's um, trying to get my, my sea legs, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> basketball legs basketball leg? i'm sore it's hurt it's sore hurting. all over how's the dog um you know she's she's probably gonna give me a hard time again i, I see her <laughs> over there with that look she's like oh no uh, he's on the zoom again. oh there we go yeah. she's basically part of the podcast already um okay so as, as usual apologies for the dog We're, we'll get this we're going people all right so one of the topics we forgot to get to last week, uh, in our in our hurry to get off the court with with it with a dub, was um, I want to talk about the idea of big men because for most of our basketball lives, as children of the '80s and '90s, big men were it. Like I to the point that there were guys who were not very good players who got huge contracts just because they were big enough to like foul Shaq five times a game and get in his way. And maybe Shaq only got 28 points against you instead of 35. And everything was about the big men, David Robinson, Akeem Olajuwon, Patrick Ewing, all these guys. They were the, they were other than Michael Jordan, they were the guys. So what do you think with the modern game being, you know, three points and spread out and not, not so much clog the paint. Is it possible to build a championship team with a big man as your best player? Um, you know, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no, much, no. much to your chagrin, probably. <laughs> you know, you're you're a lover of the big, and I mean, and I and I don't feel good about saying that either. Um, I, I I don't I don't think a team that's built around a big man can win a championship in today's NBA. And um, you know, it, it it hurts my '90s era basketball upbringing and soul to say that. Just like you, you know, you went through a lot of the main guys, but you had. Um, you know, you, you, you have the dunking Dutchman, Rick Smiths of the, of the Pacers, mm-hmm. um, you know, even going down to guys like that, but also the important power forwards were still, I, I put them in the big man category, Carl Malone, Charles Barkley, and then later on, um, Chris Weber. but, um, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did you just write off a bunch of power forwards and not say his name? Well, to, to me, to me, Duncan, say his name, Frank, Timmy. with respect, <laughs> Tim, the big <laughs> fundamental Duncan. There you go. So. Well, but so I, I guess so that, that that's where that's where I would go. I would say not I, I'd say Duncan is sort of the last real big man that you could build a real championship team around. Shaq was the main guy before that, but Tim Duncan was the next one. And I just don't see it happening in, in modern NBA. <laughs> Your dog severely disagrees with you. Give her a bone or something. <laughs> and uh you know, but and then even Tim Duncan, you saw towards the end of his career, the NBA was changing. He was getting older. And if Tony Parker hadn't progressed the way that he did and become a, a good scorer who was confident enough 
to, to go to the hole a lot and not just be an assist man, they wouldn't have won those later championships. So I think the NBA was already changing before Duncan was out of the league. That, that's an interesting point. And I think there's a lot of people that agree with you. I would, I would offer a counter argument, counselor, by saying like, uh, you know, either Shaq, even Shaq didn't win these on his own, you no. know, and, no. and, and Tim Duncan had not just Tony Parker, but he had Manu Ginobili, who was also a Hall of Famer. He had Bruce Bowen, Robert Ori. Uh, I'm, I'm even missing some of the bench guys that were really good that came off the bench and were really good players. They had uh, Kawhi Leonard when he was he was still a young bull, but but he was he was really good in that championship he won with the Spurs. He was great in that playoff series. Um, and and Shaq had, of course, Kobe and Dwayne Wade, yeah. and, which and, is not insignificant. And Kobe became more important. I, obviously, as as Shaq went on, Kobe was was growing and, and growing leaps and bounds year to year right. but I, I think about put any other at that time in that nba couldn't you have just as easily replaced kobe bryant with vince carter or tracy mcgrady at the same time on with that Shaq? lakers team and wouldn't Shaq have still won those championships i think so but but you could also say even a few years later when kobe won without Shaq, he the lakers were awful until until they got um paul gasol who they stole Thanks to league shenanigans, uh, and um, well, and then they got. Lee, well, well, hold on there. League shenanigans also did not let Kobe Bryant get get Chris Paul. Chris Paul. So. That's true. Um, that's fair. And also, the league shenanigans turned out to not be when Marcus All turned into a Hall of Fame player. Also, but at the time, he was just a fat kid who played in the Olympics once, and that was it. Um, so, but Kobe, that those, those Lakers Kobe teams were horrendous. They were awful to watch. There was no joy in that play. They weren't good. They weren't winning games. It was just Kobe putting up 35 and yelling at people. And then yeah. they got Lamar Odom, who was a point forward hybrid, like the, the prototype point forward people forget about, not just Chris Weber, but Lamar Odom. They got Pau Gasol. And then Andrew Bynum, the, those championships they won, Andrew Bynum was unbelievable in those finals. He was a dominant force in those finals. And I know he like turned into a meme and a joke as he, when he came to the Sixers and everything, but he was really good. Yeah. So the, I mean, those, those were, I think I would call them well-balanced teams. I would say they weren't based around, around no. Pau Gasol. Um, right. They were based around Kobe Bryant and having those, having those shooters, having those guys on the perimeter who could knock down the threes, but not in the same way that the nineties inside out game was, this wasn't, you know, everybody get drawn to Akeem Olajuwon or Shaquille O'Neal mm-hmm. in the middle, and then you just have shooter role players. Mm-hmm. It, it was you need you need more legit all around players in in that modern NBA. You can't just rely on on the big man. And well, Stan Van Gundy, almost like, people forget also when okay. the Magic so, they they built that team around Dwight Howard and shooters, oh, yeah, just like you're that saying, was the, almost that. And so, I would say that's the last closest guy we've come right. but, but if jameer nelson doesn't get hurt they win that series but look at what happened now this this i i think this kind of proves my point what's happened to dwight's dwight howard's career since then He's and is it all is is, is is it is it dwight's fault that he went from a guy who would have like 40 point 15 rebound games you know in playoffs mm-hmm. playoff games to kind of being semi-irrelevant passed around from team to team who just right. needs a big man role player it's because the league around him changed. Like he, he lived through that transition and you know, it, it's probably cost him millions of dollars of what, and championships. Well, what do you think is more important than like, do you want, 
you know, Joel Embiid is obviously like the the prime specimen of the moment of the big man, right? The modern big man, because he can shoot right. threes at a respectable rate, which Giannis can't. Um, he can he can bang low more than say Anthony Davis can because he's bulkier, and he gets to the foul line at a astronomical rate. He's like multiple free throws ahead of whoever's number two. He's like twelve or fourteen free throws a game, and number two is like eight or nine. So so that's a lot. Joel Embiid is awesome. If there would be a guy now, it it would be him. But you know, I'd be willing to test my thesis with Joel Embiid and the Sixers and say it can't. I'm I'm sticking to the idea of it can't be primarily built around the big man. There could be a tandem. There could be right. basically co-equals. You know what, like what Shaq and Kobe became. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I don't if 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 you think that either Tobias Harris or Ben Simmons is uh, a second scorer who's who could legitimately on a regular basis or in a tough playoff game do what Embiid could do. Um, you know, if, right. if they're doubling Embiid and mm-hmm. putting a lot of pressure on him underneath, I, I don't think so. I, I, and, and that's why I thought um, they, uh, they probably should have gone after James Harden to, to have that real uh, duo with a wing guy as part of the duo, a shooter. Right. Well, we'll hold that Sixers thought because we're going to get sure. get back to that. We're going to cycle back to that. But I do want to say, like, um, I think, well, you know what? I'll, we'll just talk Sixers real quick because I do want to talk about the, the top teams in the league a little bit. But with the Sixers, I, I agree with you. I don't think Tobias Harris is like, he's one of those, like, I don't know what to call him. Like, he's like an averages scorer. Not saying he's an average scorer because he's an above average scorer in the NBA. But he's like, he's a consistent 20 points-ish every night but that's it he's never gonna and it's never yeah. like it's not necessarily like the fourth quarter like with when the defense clamp clamps down it's just like he's there and he gets his spots and he gets his buckets and all of a sudden you're like oh tobias had like 18 20 points tonight that's a nice night but uh as we saw the difference in when jimmy butler was running the fourth quarter versus when tobias harris was and Embiid, there saw you saw a big difference for Embiid spacing and for just that willingness to get to the hole and get fouled, which Tobias is not that guy. Um, so I think the flip side of that is I still think the Dwight Howard team building strategy can work. If you have, a, if you have enough bulk, like you buy shooters in bulk, you know, so you just got to find whoever's hot that night in the fourth quarter. And that's your guy. And you can win four games in the playoff series doing that. I think. Mm, I, I don't know. I, I think along with my Dwight Howard example, Look what happened to the other the big guys who in the 2000s were, were starting to come on as some of the top centers. Chris Bosh, Toronto, mm-hmm. Toronto Raptors, Kevin Love, Minnesota Timberwolves put up crazy power numbers. forwards. Yeah, okay. Well, Bosh started off as sort of a center, and then yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, and Kevin Love, they were putting up crazy numbers, top big men in the league, but, mm-hmm. but they didn't believe that, that they could win where they were being the main guy. Obviously, you saw how LeBron used them. He turned basically both of them into stretch fours because that's the direction the NBA went in. And he's doing it with Anthony Davis, too. Yeah. Anthony Davis's biggest plays in the finals were shooting threes. Yeah. <laughs> he was yeah, I mean, And Kevin, Kevin Love became – he started off in Minnesota. He was like yeah. the kind of big man you love. Hang, hangs around the post. Yeah. Gets, 20 rebounds you know, more, every once more than, Yeah, more than 15 <laughs> boards. And he's like yeah. – 25 points and then it's like you know running around the three-point line in cleveland yeah it, or not in 10. miami oh no yeah. kevin love yeah yeah i thought we yeah. were talking about for a second yeah um that's true and 
All right. So, so interesting. Okay. So as, as we transition, then let's talk about a, another old school, big man who's in the news, who has never played mm. on a winning team. And that's mm. Andre Drummond. Oh, who, okay. I, that's all, who <laughs> did you, you think missed, I was going to say? You missed, I, I, I can't let you go on without mentioning you, you talked about Joel Embiid, of course, but there's another big man in the league who, who I, who I love. And we forgot to mention who you were asking me some of my favorite younger players in the league now. Oh yeah. And I, I, I want to see if you can guess who I'm thinking about. He's, he's, uh, well, I'll just say Batman the villain. Batman. Oh, Jokic. Yeah. We're yeah, going to get to him. Yeah. yeah we're going to get to him. I want to, this right, is right. going to be an all big man episode. So a funny <laughs> transition is I think a lot of the teams that we're going to talk about when we talk about the, the top four teams in each conference are teams that have significant big men. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about that, but yeah. I want to, I want to kind of bring it back to Drummond for a second, because I think Drummond is a really interesting case. Andre Drummond is, a, is currently not playing for Detroit, right? Because they decided they were going to trade him and they put him on the bench after they came to the same realization everybody else does about Andre Drummond, which is he gets you tons of rebounds and points, but it never actually helps you win basketball games. So the, and he's too slow to really be a factor at the end of games because teams can just ignore the shit out of them uh, in, in, in the closing moments. So, or they just foul him, which is something I wanted to bring up with Embiid. Like being able to hit free throws is crucial for a modern big man. So you don't just get hacked to death and become worthless in the fourth quarter. So Andre Drummond is, go- is on the trading block. Right. He has made a ton of money. Uh, I'm sorry, he's on, what team is Cleveland? He on? Cleveland, yeah, I yeah. said Detroit. He started on Detroit. Yeah. He's on yeah. Cleveland now. Um, another team, and he always seems to end up on teams that have like a gluttony of big men too. And that have a lot of small guards that need space to work, which he, his biggest thing is, he clogs up the paint in a way that hinders your offense, but gets him lots of rebounds and easy buckets, but hurts everybody else. Right. right. So Cleveland thinks they're going to get like a significant haul for him, but he's costing you over $20 million a year. He doesn't play basketball that winning teams play in the modern NBA. (laughs) You can't put him against Jokic or Embiid or those guys in a playoff game because he'll just get run off the court eventually. And so what is his value? What, what, what kind of team do you think should look at Andre Drummond and say, we should get this guy? Um, I, I, Toronto I, was linked with him, which I think is a terrible idea. But No. Yeah. Um, well, so you were asking me uh, last week about what Golden State might want. Right. And what they'd no. be doing. I think Golden State. I think Golden State would want him, and I'd be. I'd be curious. Really? I, I haven't seen anything yet, but uh, yeah, they can't yeah. afford him though because that that would they would have to give up Ubre or Wiggins to to move and plus other players to move money to get him to match the money. And he's not worth either of those players. Wiggins is not like the guy mm. that you and I both thought he might be when he came out, but he's yeah. become a functional player, and he's a yeah, big. He's, uh, he's becoming good under Draymond's tutelage. He's, and Ubre yeah. can shoot theoretically, not this season, but in his past, and offers a lot more value to them. I think I don't see that. I don't see that working, even if they wanted it to work. But that's the yeah. kind of team I'm thinking of—a team that's like maybe on the border and might be kind of trying to talk themselves into the idea that Andre Drummond gets them into the playoffs. Miami? Would Miami um, work or Chicago? I th- I think Miami would work. Because um, they grind. Yeah, I'm. 
you know, I, I do think, I do think he will work on the Warriors, and 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 I really think they would consider giving up either Wiggins or Ubre. So I, I, I just wouldn't discount that kind of thing. A team that has, if 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 they have a bunch of wing guys or a bunch of shooters, um, but they they really lack something down low. They lack the rebounding and they lack a little bit of that interior defense. And they think that that's the piece that could, that could get them further in the playoffs that yeah, like I think they'd be willing the to trade team. a guy and, and a guy who, who looks shiny, you, you know, um, <laughs> uh, Wiggins. Well, I mean, Cleveland, Cleveland's, they, uh, I mean, they drafted Wiggins originally, right? <laughs> he, was, he was the guy they traded. Uh, for Kevin it Long, was, right? it was their pick. I don't know if they drafted him. But it was that pick, yeah, that went into the Kevin Love trade. Yeah. So, but you know, Wiggins has that like you know top top draft pick kind of luster on him, and and you know he has some scoring capability. Uh, at, at this point, I probably do like Kelly Oubre better going into the future with a little yeah. more un, untapped potential. I think we've seen everything that Wiggins can do, and it's it's never going to reach that next level. So, yeah, I mean, I. I, I might I might give him up for Andre Drummond. Well, um, I'll tell you what. I, I just pulled up ye old ESPN trade machine, and uh, their salaries are basically matches. So Wiggins for okay. Drummond works. Yeah. It's like about it's it's less than a million dollars difference, which I think is fine no matter the cap situation. If you there's like a certain percentage you can trade within right. to make the salaries match, and also Golden State has like a million trade exemptions. So I don't even know if that helps at all, but. They could totally do it. Now I'm interested. Okay, that's an interesting, that's a curious, all right, all right, Frank, I'm going to ponder that one, <laughs> see if that happens. We'll check in, like, I don't know, I don't really understand the NBA schedule this year. When is the trade deadline? It's usually in February, right? Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I know the All-Star break is pushed back yeah. to March, so I'm, I'm thinking the trade deadline is kind Gotta of pushed along with that. Yeah, it's usually right after the All-Star break, because somebody always gets some, like, some all-star always gets news that they got traded during the all-star break. And it's like, Oh, oh, thanks guys. Um, Yeah. Okay. Andre, that's interesting, Frank. I did not consider golden state, but now I'm like, Hmm, now I'm, now I'm thinking like Drummond's like, even his advanced stats, you know, I know you're more of a traditional stat guy. I really like the, the PER, the player efficiency rating. I'm a big fan of that one. And, you know, Drummond is at, is at 21 PER right now, which means he's playing at an all-star level. That's, that's like a, that's a 15 is le- is like a league average player who's 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 a net who's like a slight net net positive on your team yeah. and uh, like a 18 is like all-star pretty much so anything above 20 is really good you know that's steph is steph is at 26 and drummond's at 21 so that tells you something right i just wonder yeah, if he's, that's kind if of he's fast yeah. enough to get up and down the court i know david lee and uh you know some of those guys that golden state has run out there before uh bogut are not exactly like we're not exactly speed demons right but i wonder if drummond's even slower than than those guys are. <laughs> yeah um, i mean at this point at this point in his career he, he might be but yeah, yeah that's, I, that's I, an interesting I, one it's only one year left too so actually i'm kind of into this idea frank yeah like I, it's one year left and then they clear out books and can sign somebody next year whoever they want I've I've always always been into Drummond. I've always had 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 hope for him and looked at his upside. So maybe you know um, that pushes Wiseman down. They have Wiseman and Kevin yep. Looney, who are yep. very you know Kevin Looney's like similar to Wiseman in body shape and everything, yeah. even though he's older. 
<laughs> they did these tall lanky guys so they might want a banger i'm into this idea yeah. of the andre drummond warriors you've convinced me I'm, I'm totally in on it i like it it's a good move all right so let's talk i want to talk about the big dogs because we didn't really talk like we didn't even talk about lebron or the lakers or or the jazz or, or even the sixers last time so right. i'm gonna i want to just go down we'll do the eastern conference top four which is you know, it gets dicey. And then we'll do the, the Western Conference top four, which is much more legitimate second. Um, and actually, you know what? We're going to do the top three in the Eastern. No, we'll do four because I know you want to talk about Boston. We're going to do five <laughs> in the West because Phoenix is five. And I want to talk about them anyway because I love them. All right. All right so we're going to do, because of the stock market craziness of the last few weeks, um, which I've been having a lot of fun with, uh, <laughs> we're going to do the classic like buy, sell, hold for teams in their position in terms of how you think they'll do in the playoffs. So right. let's start with my beloved Philadelphia 76ers. Are you buying, selling, or holding at first place in the East? Um, I am selling. Selling. Where do you think they should be valued at? I, I, I think they should be valued at two. Okay. I'll put them at two. That's probably fair. And I assume that you'll think that you think the Nets, yeah. you're buying some Nets stock. I'm buying, I'm buying some Nets stock. Okay. Even I with all the injuries. I think we haven't even seen what those guys can do yet. I mean, we've seen yeah. different combinations of, you know, three of the league's best scores from the last mm -hmm. seven years. And it's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they have that I, same, you know, like the Lakers are kind of like the beautiful basketball. And so are the, the, um, the jazz right now are like the beautiful basketball teams right now, but right. the, the nets have that warriors vibe about oh, yeah. them. Where like, remember when the warriors were at their best, you would, you would, you could turn on a warriors game in the third quarter and they'd be down 18 mm -hmm. and you would be like, Oh, I'm buckling in for this. And then like three minutes later, they'd yeah. be up two, and the yeah. other team would be like devastated. Yeah. And they started that a, a little bit, even before Durant, the two seasons yeah. Yeah. before that, when, when Steph was really, um, was really becoming a top tier player mm -hmm. again, MVP. And when clay was really coming out of his shell and then you yeah. saw they had this, this third quarter magic, this swagger, mm -hmm. and they could, they could erase, you know, 15 point lead in a heartbeat. Yep. And then they added Durant and then you, yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you basically you throw those guys out there and it doesn't even matter if they they start off with a poor shooting night or something. You know, they have the firepower to kind of do do anything they want to, to get buckets when they need it. Yeah, the Nets, the thing about the Nets, I think I think having that ability is the most valuable thing, I think, in modern basketball. The ability to just be like, we're going to score 25 points in five minutes and you can't stop us. Because yeah. we're just going to shoot it from anywhere we want, and we don't but, need to run some special play to do it. You know, right? Like we, we, or you know, you got to practice and get some chemistry with with those guys, and mm -hmm. and have a few schemes in mind. But I mean, a, a coach like, I mean, do you, th do you think Steve Kerr and and you know now Steve Nash with the Nets? Um, I mean, do you think they really have to tell these guys exactly what to do? I mean, they're no. they're going to cut. They're going to flare out to the three point line when they need to. They they're going to figure out how to maximize the, the scoring with each other. Yeah. What, what, if you're the, if you're a defensive coach, if you're the defensive coach and your job is to stop them when they're hot and you're like, all right, well, Harden's going to bring the ball down or Kyrie, right. Or any of them, any of them is going to do it. And all of them can drive. All of them can kick. All of them can hit free throws and all of them can hit threes from anywhere on the court. So right. like, 
there's no double teaming. Double teaming is basically out the window. The only thing you can hope is that somebody says something to Kyrie that makes him like lose his mind or something on the court. Because Kyrie, that's that's the thing that's their downfall, I think, because their defense won't matter when they're scoring 140 points. Right. But uh, they have, I think their head case potential is much higher than the Warriors ever were. Because Draymond, yeah. other than kicking people in the balls, Draymond, Draymond can hold a team together. Steph is cool as fucking ice, and so is Clay. They were never going to get rattled. They never had that. They actually right. needed Draymond to be like the fire because they didn't have any. But we know KD and Kyrie are fragile in their own little ways. And Harden just sometimes looks like he doesn't give a shit. So I'm curious how that's going to look. Yeah, I mean, they seem to be holding it together now. Everybody yeah. was uh, really saying a lot about Kyrie when he when he took his his little break from the team, yeah. and he comes when back he disappeared. and disappeared, he, and he he's like looking better than ever. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kyrie is is one of those players that you know you watch Harden and you kind of hate him while you appreciate him because it's like it almost feels like he's cheating the way he plays. Yeah. And you watch Durant and Durant feels superhuman, right? Because right. he's so tall and he's so lanky, but he's so gifted. But Kyrie, Kyrie's one of those players that when he's on, he's like a joy to watch. He's yeah. so fast and he's so good at finding these angles to shoot or to or to drive from. And he's just exhilarating. His his run when Cleveland won the championship, that playoff run, he was one of the most fun basketball players I've ever watched play. And and that was next to LeBron. Yeah, and 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 I and I don't want to like it. I've always rooted against Kyrie from when he was on Duke, and then when then when he was on the Cavaliers. But uh -huh. I gotta say, I find myself loving watching it sometimes. Yeah, it is fun. All right, so next up is okay. So you're buying Brooklyn, you're selling the Sixers, but only a little bit. You're not like fully shorting them. You're just right, like right. Uh, they're, I'm not gonna buy any of their stock. Uh, what about Milwaukee? Two years in a row, Milwaukee has ripped through the league and then got their asses handed to them in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Chris Middleton's looking even better this year, but still, I'm, I mean, I wonder is is that enough? Is like and Drew, they got Drew too. Yeah. Um, I like Chris Middleton a lot, but there's something about him like I almost feel like he and Giannis don't work together that I feel like Chris Middleton needs to be like freed on another team. And Giannis needs somebody who's a little bit more of a straight up shooter. Gian Giannis and Kyrie would be really fun. I think someone like oh, Kyrie, yeah. somebody who's a little quicker with the ball, a little faster. And I'd well, like to see Middleton on like Indiana or something like that, or Boston. I, he'd be good on Boston. I, mm -hmm. I could, I could, Chris Middleton would, would be a good fit with Boston, but you know, I, I guess maybe that's what they were thinking with Drew Holiday. Um, teaming him up with with Giannis. Um, how about how about this? How about Kemba Walker for Chris Middleton straight up? Would you do it? As a basketball fan, do you? Th I think that makes both teams more fun. Mm. Kemba Walker for Chris Middleton. So you lose some of Middleton's like bulldog defense, but you gain a lot of speed and like attack from Kemba. If no, I, I actually wouldn't do it for either team. Okay. That means it's a good trade. If neither team wants to do it, that means it's a good trade. That's what I've heard anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, that was my idea. So do you think Milwaukee has enough to get past like the second round? When they run into Boston or Philly or or 
Brooklyn or even like a like a feisty Pacers team in round two, is it going to be too much for him? Or if or if even like Miami gets their shit together and and starts have, playing well, like are are they enough? Can they handle those teams? Um, I I I could actually see the Bucks being upset this time again. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I agree. I think they'll get past the first round. Like they're not going to lose to the Knicks or Toronto. No. I don't think in round one. But no. they're, they're, I just rattled off like I I said like I said Miami Miami's the ten seed right now. But I'm assuming like if they got healthy, they could sneak up to eight and and be a pain in the ass for somebody. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I'm I'm selling Milwaukee. You're selling Milwaukee too. It yeah, like. yeah. I think I'm yeah. selling Milwaukee. I think Giannis has some growing to do. I think he needs to add some little elements to his game that we've seen Embiid do and we've seen Jokic do and we haven't seen him do. And I think he needs yeah. to, despite his hardware that he has as a, MB, as a MVP, two-time, two-time MVP. He's, oh, wow. I, I forgot his already two-time MVP. I know, exactly. Like when you think of two-time MVPs, you think like Steve Nash's amazing run. You think of, of Jordan, of course. You think of Akeem. You think Steph, of these well, like Steph Curry did it too, similar right. to the way Nash did it. These where, like historic runs. Yeah. I don't put Giannis up there with those. Um, all right. So what about your Celtics? They're at number four. They're they're struggling at five hundred, and I think I think they have chemistry issues personally. Um, I'm I'm buying. I'm I'm gonna slot them up at, at three above Milwaukee. I'm gonna move Milwaukee oh. down. That's like a two. That's a one and a half game difference right now. So it's not huge. Yeah. Um. You know they've still they still got their their heart, Marcus Smart. <laughs> I love Marcus Smart. Um, yeah, I love it because the best thing you can say about him is he's so smart, <laughs> and that's his last name. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean Jalen Brown. You know it's it's funny, just like just like the Bucks. Uh, you know Middleton looks better. Jalen Brown looks better for the Celtics. Just like they they wanted these guys to come along, but you you wonder if it's sort of um if it costs them some chemistry because it's not as clear you know who who's who's the like the big dog who's the alpha dog who's the oh, guy it's Tatum you don't think it's clear it's, that it's Tatum well it's it's not as clear to me and same thing with with Giannis you know if there's a situation that's not good for Giannis's skill set Middleton's the guy to give it to but right it's it, it, it used to be a little more clear and with you know with with Boston it, for a couple years, it was clearly Tatum and then whoever their point guard was at the time. And they keep, you know, going through all these different, um, <laughs> like slashing point guards. Uh, every yeah, few I don't years. know if Kemba's the right choice for them still. Uh, I loved, I loved Scary Terry. I know, like he, Terry Rozier. Yeah, 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 Terry Rozier. I, I was, I just, I fell in love with him that playoff series against the Sixers. And I know he's like not as good as he looked in that series, but I just like, I like those slinky point guards. It's not always about quickness. It's just kind of like they they find these little slots and they they got a little mid range game, which I know is like mid range game is like a luxury item in the NBA right now. You don't want it to be the basis. It's not like the cake. It's the frosting kind of thing. Right. But um, but I just I always like Terry Rozier. I thought I liked his like anger that he played with, and Boston Boston's been a team at, they, despite Tatum's incredible gifts and Tatum looks like mini Kobe sometimes out there. Um, they're a team that makes their money playing really good defense in the playoffs. And yeah. that's why I don't think Walker's the right choice. You want somebody out there who can be a little bit of a bulldog with those guys. Yeah. Well, I, and I mean, that's what Marcus smart brings you. So, but yeah. Um, 
but you had two of those guys with Rozier. Rozier wasn't a great defensive player, but he was angry. He played yeah. angry and he would throw his body around. And sometimes you just like, like when they, when they beat, when they beat the shit out of the Sixers, uh, they did it by blowing up every screen. The Sixers ran, yeah. they would and, just attack the screens relentlessly. Um, yeah. I mean, Kem is definitely a better fit for the Celtics than Kyrie was. Um, yeah. But yeah, is, is he still the best fit? Um, maybe not, but I, I think they're going to figure it out. Um, you know, Kemba was stuck in Charlotte for so long, you know, showcasing his skills for, for nothing. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, no, most people had no idea who, who the heck he was. Um, and right, I, I think he'd, I think he'd rather be a part of a winning overall team. And I, I think Brad Stevens is going to, is going to get them where they need to be for the playoffs. Yeah. He's still a good coach. Just like Nick church is still a really good coach. And like, even though Toronto is a mess, you know, they'll, they'll always be like put together. And if they make it into the playoffs, they're going to be annoying. Even if they don't, you know, win any games, they're going to piss you off a lot and be difficult. The Nick, Nick church and the Raptors do, do always piss me off every, he's, he seems sort of like this mad genius and it kind of, it drives me nuts, but I respect it too. Do you think Siakam is going to get back to where he was or was that like a peak? And now we're seeing the league kind of figured him out a little bit. I think the league figured him out. (laughs) Yeah. That sucks. He was so exciting for that, that playoff run. All those like, like spin moves and weird yeah. little like fades and shit that he would pull. It was awesome. Um, I really like uh, what Valanchunas, is that his name? The big, the, the big man that they have. Yeah. yeah I like him a lot. I, that's why I, again, I don't think Drummond goes there because I think Valanchunas gives mm-hmm. you so much more and he, and that team wants to be a versatile team that can run a lot of things. Um, it's too bad. We can't put Nick church as the Pacers coach. I know, I know um, uh, their coach is doing a good job. I can't remember his name. I just blanked on it, but. I would just love to see him with those guys, with that, with that team. Um, okay. So we're skipping the rest of the, a- the East. I must said the AFC, the, <laughs> the Eastern <laughs> conference is a hot mess. Um, there'll be more to talk about as that kind of irons it out a little bit. Cause some of those teams are going to fall off and, you know, there's no way that, that like both Chicago and Charlotte are going to make the playoffs and the Knicks, right? There's no way that all three of those teams are going to make the playoffs. No. So we'll see what happens. Miami is lurking. Atlanta's lurking um and and uh yeah i'm 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 liking charlotte more than chicago right now to make the playoffs but yeah i I like both they're both young teams and they're fun to watch chicago's got a lot of a lot of pizzazz right now all right let's go to the west where the big guys are because the sixers are in first in the east and they would be in fourth in the west right now (laughs) um and the hottest team in the league i'll 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 just say that actually might be an indication of how good the east is this year because be. I really think that the, the depth at the top of the East, mm-hmm. you know, Philly, maybe even down to Indiana, maybe maybe yeah. even the top five is pretty strong. So those those guys basically get to beat up on each other. I like the Pacers. I was a Sabonis guy. If you remember, like I was all about Sabonis when he came out. I was he yeah. was one of the he was like the guy that I was like, this guy is the instant NBA player to me. It, baby Sabonis. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of his. I like I I like the like you know I like the athletic like fours that can run those are my guys and they can pass a little bit um except for c-web who i just never warmed Who's up to. one of my all-time favorites <laughs> i know he just drove me nuts he's even worse as an announcer oh my god all right anyway i'm not gonna go into a c-web as an announcer rant all right so the jazz the jazz are playing beautiful basketball they got um rudy gobert in the middle they got donovan mitchell they got my boy joe harris um Clarkson is balling they're just looking like world beaters right now are you buying jazz stock um 
I, I love the Jazz, too. I loved watching them last year. They were uh, and in the playoffs. They're clearly this uh, real sort of up-and-coming team. Um, they got, yeah, just great chemistry. You watch them, and you're like, oh, this, this looks kind of like a well-coached college team. Mm-hmm. Um, Donovan great Mitchell coach. is uh, basically gotten kind of gotten under control. You know, he mm-hmm. the guy was, like, feeling his oats, <laughs> as they say, <laughs> a few years ago. Like, oh, wow, look, I can uh, – you know, hold on to the ball and just dribble and, and uh, you know, try to dunk it or lay it in all the time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's not always going to win. He plays within the, the team concept much better now. Um, and they have a good so, second unit. I like their bench. Yeah. Their bench was good in the playoffs like and still good. They got some, they got guys that can like, that can handle the ball and can get you buckets and still play good defense coming off the bench. And that is really invaluable to, to be able to have multiple guys like that who can come off your bench. Um they're probably like eight guys deep right now, which is really good. Yeah. You know, it's, it's tough. Cause you, you look at the, the superstars on the Lakers and the Clippers and you think how, how could those teams not eventually sort of surpass the jazz? Um, but yeah, I, I love the depth of the jazz and the way they, they play together. Um, I'm, I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy them. Yeah, I'm buying them too. Yeah. I like, you know, I, I like Jordan Clarkson a lot. I've, I've been a fan of his for a couple of years. Joe Ingles really won me over. He's like one of those guys that we talked about who who look slow, but all, but they're always doing the right thing. Like yep. they're in the right spot. He's always in the right spot to get a nice three. Um, he's good off like the wings. When, he, when he's in the corner, he can work with it. He's not just staying in the corner. He can work the baseline, which a lot of people can't do. Um, and I like Clarkson. Clarkson is just this like relentless maniac out there when he gets the ball. And I love it because it's kind of like, uh, it's like having an, like if Mitchell's off or Mitchell's getting double teamed, Clarkson's there to take that energy and still just like attack, attack, attack. And yeah, yeah, I just, I, I like it, but I agree with you because the two Los Angeles teams are lingering and, and LeBron is, how old is he? 35, 36, and is still the best player in basketball, which is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It's just ridiculous. Um, I mean, and, and, and he still he still may not win the MVP, but that's because he, he puts the brakes on during the regular season. He's, yeah. he's kind of given up on that. Like, I'm not going to try to do, you know, 30, 10, and 8 during the regular season. I'm going to try to save it for a playoff run. So no, he gets like the exact same. I think his stat line every single game is 37 and 37 and seven. And that's it. It's, it's exactly more, it's, the same thing every time. It's more like, I think it's more like 25. And so, okay. the, but that's and what I'm seven saying. And seven. He's, yeah. He's, he's, he's holding back. He's letting the team get involved. And he, he always did this in Cleveland. You know, he, he, as like the, uh, you know, de facto GM bringing in various players mm-hmm. and kind of, uh, telling the uh the coach who to uh who, who to play and how to play and what kind of it was like an experiment for him every season and, and he, he would he would take some games off where he kind of would just focus on passing it around and seeing what the what the guys can do and um so i he's always thinking like that obviously he he has an amazing basketball mind um he's he really he's, he's not thinking about trying to be a, a top league scorer and that hurts him in the mvp race when their guys you know like Harden or Giannis or now now we got Bradley Beal scoring out of his mind yeah he well Bradley Beal's they've like won what eight games I don't think he's not going to be in the MVP <laughs> no, no, race he's, he's not LeBron, actually going to be in the race for real I yeah. think 
LeBron, while I don't think he's ever been the pure scorer that MJ or Kobe were, because because partly partly because he's in an era where the mid range, like we said, is just not in vogue anymore. Um, at old man LeBron, I think is my favorite basketball player of all time because he's basically Larry Bird in a body that didn't break and is and is like bigger and stronger and faster. He's so smart. I watched a, a highlight reel of him of him faking defenders out by holding a ball in a certain spot and then whipping a pass the other way. Like he'll, you know, he'll like yeah. back up a guy towards the, like somewhere around the free throw line yeah. and he'll hold the ball out. I know exactly and, what you're talking. Yeah. And they'll, and he'll yeah. uh, wait till he knows the defenders where you can see exactly mm-hmm. what the defenders think is coming. And then boom, the ball goes the other direction. And it's, it's, it's like Jedi level manipulation out there. It's, it's unbelievable. So, and, and I'll say, um, LeBron's still not a better shooter than Larry Bird, and, and no, he's never no, going to no. be. But Larry I'm just Bird talking was, brain, yeah, his, yeah. his basketball brain. Larry Bird wasn't as good a passer as LeBron is, but I do think Larry Bird's passing is probably underrated just because people were so focused on his scoring and shooting. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he, it's kind of like – or like a taller, like Oscar Robertson was mm-hmm. the, the all-around sort of guy, the triple-double machine, right? Um, which – I think LeBron, you know, unlike um, Westbrook, he's he's not trying to go out there to get those triple doubles unless he needs to. <laughs> right. right. LeBron can still <laughs> physically take over a game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if he wants to. And he just is so assured now that he can just wait till the right moment. Right. And having Anthony Davis, a healthy Anthony Davis, when he, whenever he comes back is a big thing because Anthony Davis is that is that, you know, better version of Tobias Harris, obviously, but what I was saying where it's just like, you know what you're going to get out of him and he gets it every day and he can yeah. get it in any way. Like he can get it outside. He can get it from shooting three. He can get it from being a traditional big man. He can get it from the pick and roll. He can do all those things. And and that's all LeBron needs, that guy he can lean on. Well, and, and the thing is with Le- LeBron, the way his game has matured, it really wasn't until his last year at Cleveland, arguably his second to last year, where he was – starting to shoot the three mm-hmm. a little more consistently and that made him downright scary and so he doesn't need to so in miami and cleveland he would assemble this this cast of characters of guys who who could just shoot threes and it didn't right. matter really what else they could do it didn't matter if they were you know a rookie or if they were like 38 years old right it's like just get, get in your spot and hit yeah. a three <laughs> Yeah. Well, you remember he used to like, he used to throw passes where he wasn't looking where the guy was supposed to be and the guy wouldn't be there. And Laurent would be like, dude, you, fu- you have to fucking be standing there when that ball comes. Like that is your yeah. job. You need but, to know if I'm at this spot, you need to be standing there because the ball is coming to you. And you be know, there. now, now that he can shoot threes at, at a high clip himself, mm-hmm. he doesn't need as many of those great shooters right. around the perimeter. So, yeah. And he'll take the long threes too. He'll be like five feet back off the line. And just pull up because it's like he's like you know what this is the time in the game when there needs to be a three pointer and he'll just pull it up. It's he he's still astonishing and even with Anthony Davis, as long as Anthony Davis is fine come playoff time, they'll be fine. I mean, it's not just the two of them; they have a really well put together team. Uh, but yeah, I've, I'm buying Lakers stock long term over Jazz personally. Oh yeah. Um... What about as, as, as far as when you get to the playoffs, I think regular season Jazz could edge out the Lakers, but I think come playoffs, I, I yeah, I'll probably buy the Lakers over the Jazz. All right, so so you think the Jazz might be able to hold on to number one slot and be, and be okay? Which you know, 
I, I don't know how much value is. I guess there is some value. I, I actually, I want to look into this. I meant to do to research this before we started, like who the lowest seeded team to make a finals in the last like 10 or 20 years was. Um, Cause I can't think of any, there, nobody really went like, there's no like eighth seed or seventh seed that made it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the, the famous one was the, the Rockets uh, second team and the, uh, the Knicks making the finals with the Charles Sprewell and Allen Houston. Right. And I feel like the Nets, two, were right, the Nets a high seed, the, the Jason Kidd years, they were pretty Oh good, yeah. Right? They, yeah. They had high seeds. Yeah. Yeah. With uh kid and Carter and right. Richard Jefferson. The NBA just isn't conducive to underdog teams making final runs. It's too hard because you have to beat three good teams to get to the finals. And at, at worst, two good teams. Like sometimes you might get a shitty team in the first round. Uh, but yeah, it's tough. It's You see like a single upset over the course of a round, but it's hard to get yeah. that many in a row. Um, all right. So the Clippers, I, I, I have not watched a lot of the Clippers this year. I generally don't enjoy watching Paul George and Kawhi. I don't like watching until uh, the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm I'm such a I'm such a Kawhi guy. <laughs> yeah, and, he's and, great. <laughs> um, and I, it's it's like I I want the Clippers to be better, but I'm not really believing it. Um, yeah, it's, it's like there's there's something missing. There's I don't know. There's there's some fire that's missing, and I don't know if it's like. And I know Paul George still puts up the numbers and everybody remembers this, this potential that, he, that he's had because he, he will give you these games with over 30 points and where he's nailing threes. And we've seen him play great defense at times in his career in great spots. Yeah, Back when that he used to be his Pacers. calling card. Yeah, when he was with the Pacers, people were like, oh, he's one of the few guys who looks like he can guard LeBron and right. some of the other top players. It was like him and Iguodala were like the guys yeah. that were like, all right, this is how you stop LeBron. You get one of these guys. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a Ty Lue fan either. Maybe that's just carryover from his Laker days that I still <laughs> I still can't do. Um, all right. What about, okay, we kind of talked about Portland last week. So real quick, do you think Portland at four is about where they're going to stay? Um, I am, I'm going to sell Portland. Nice. Okay. You think yeah. they're going to fall? Is you think it's health related? Do you think they don't ever get healthy? Or do you think they're just not built for it? Uh, a little bit of both. Okay. Yeah. Um, I actually, I'm, I'm watching the Nuggets. I'm watching the Nuggets to rise up in the in the Western standings. Um, well, tell me about the Nuggets and your boy, the Joker. Yeah. Um, Jokic is a uh, Jokic. 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 Jo- I, say I don't Jokic. want to say Jokic. That does not sound good. Yeah, that sounds rough. Let's go with Jokic. Yo- yeah, let's go with Jokic, the 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 Joker. <laughs> The Joker. No, no, that doesn't make sense either. <laughs> and and don't forget, the they have, they have the mighty Bull Bull on their team too. <laughs> they have incredible names on their team. They have a Marcus um, spelled with a K. They have Isaiah Hartenstein, who I guess is like a Muslim Jew. So they, they have Bull Bull, but the Celtics still have Taco. So <laughs> that's the matchup we need. <laughs> Bull Bull versus Taco. Paul Millsap is still playing. I didn't even realize that. No, so I, yeah, I mean, I watched a few jazz games. Um, or not just sorry, n- uh, nuggets. nuggets. I, I, I do that to too. Watch, yeah, I always confuse them. I mean, they're both what, like, in in the mountains somewhere, ski country, right? <laughs> they're not that far from each other, I guess. Yeah. For for Midwest, um, yeah, Mount Mountain West, um, Mountain West. Excuse me, but uh. Yeah, I get the mix up, but I love watching both of them. They're they're two teams that I actually really enjoy watching, and I will 
those are some Western Conference games I'll, I'll stay up late on the East Coast to watch. And Paul Millsap, actually, he's, he's been looking good from the games I've seen. It's <laughs> funny. It's he, like he's, he's just one of those guys that's always been had a knack for rebounds. And you know what they always say? Like, if you want the surest skill set that translates from college to the NBA, it's rebounding. If a guy gets a lot of boards in college, he's going to get boards. You just know yeah. that. And, and he, that's, he's that man. Um, so, so you're buying nugget stock. I'm buying, I'm putting so much money into sun stock. I'm just buying, like, I'm like, I'm like floating the stock right now. I'm all, all about right. the suns and not just cause they beat the Sixers over the weekend, but um, I just, I love the way, you know, I love team construction. It's like my favorite, one of my favorite things about the NBA is how fun it is to, to note team construction and how, you know, there's only so many players on the team and all that, but like, there are so many, so many players I love, you know, I love Chris Paul. I've been a Chris Paul guy from jump. Uh, I love Devin Booker. Uh, they, they got Frank, the tank on there. Not you, the original, <laughs> the, the, the actual Frank, the tank. Um, they got my homie Dario Saric. I like Deandre yeah. Ayton and, and I love Cameron Johnson. That was the guy yeah. I was trying to think of last yeah. week when we were talking Cam about Johnson from Cam Carolina. Johnson from North Carolina, who I fell in love with a couple of years ago in the tournament. Um, they got, I love Jay Crowder. I think Jay Crowder is one of those, <laughs> Jay Crowder is one of those players that every time he's on a team, you're like, man, he's so helpful. He can board, he can run, he can shoot threes. He's a body, a big body out there and he just gets passed around. And I'm always like, how do team, like, he's never making that much money. Just hold on to this guy. He, he was so helpful for Miami last year. I said, when Miami got Igadawa, the big, all that news about the Igadawa trade. And I was like, well, wait, they got Jay Crowder in this trade. That is the much more significant piece to me than Igadawa. And I just, I just love, I know Crowder's 6'6", but he's like stocky. He's not tall, yeah. but he's, he's a yeah. big dude. Um, I just love this team. I love the way they're put together. I just, I'm just, you know, when, when you're, when you're down to like a seven or eight man rotation in the playoffs, I really like what Phoenix has going on out there and I'm excited for them. So do you know anything about Chris Paul's current contract? What, I mean, what's, what's he on is, uh, I can look it up. I'm, like. I'm kind of curious, like what was the plan with him? I don't remember how many years he had left and yeah, I, I love the Suns too. I love the guys. You know, they, they got now Dario Saric, Chris Paul. Um, obviously, they built the team around. You, you thought pretty recently that Devin Booker was going to be a guy who was looking to leave. Phoenix didn't look like they were going to be built to win. Right. And it didn't seem like he was going to stick around there or he'd just be stuck like guys get stuck on uh, on, on the Charlotte Hornets like right. Emma Walker yeah. did, you know. Because <laughs> um, they were terrible. right before, uh, Leading up yeah. into the bubble last year, they were not very good. And then it just gelled for them and yeah. then they were like the dangerous team in the bubble <laughs> uh chris paul has for the record he has one more year after this uh he's, uh-huh. he's making 41 million this year and 44 Jesus. million next year oh and that's not even including his like all state money or whoever uh <laughs> state farm um right. chris paul is doing just fine he's doing 35 that. he'll be 36 next year but you know he's shown that he's a guy who is still going to be an effective player, not a $44 million player maybe when he starts to lose it, but he's, he's still so smart and he still just knows everything you need to know about basketball out there. Yeah. Um, I love Yeah. Him. He's, he's aging. Well, um, I'm, I'm surprised actually he's still doing as well as he is at the point guard position. Um, and, and he yeah, plays I mean, angry, man. You can't, you can't yeah. discount like playing angry. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. Ever you. since, 
Yeah, back in um, back at Wake Forest, he was famous for punching an NC State player in the balls in the game. Yeah, he's a dick, <laughs> and I love him. He's he's my point guard. Like, I, if I'm going to war, I'm like, Chris Paul, what do you come come out here and and go punch somebody in the nuts? I, like, if if I was building like a the, you know a Space Jam team to play the Monstars, Chris Paul's not starting, but I'm definitely having Chris Paul and Draymond coming off the bench with Marcus yeah. Smart. I'm all three of those guys are on my team yeah. to go out there and just annoy the shit out of the other team at some point and just piss them off and i so want that i'm 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 buying phoenix and and denver over nice. you know looking at the stand i'm buying them over portland and san antonio um yeah, i'm san gonna antonio is a weird team i'm, I'm selling the blazers and like. the spurs and uh i'm i'm definitely pushing the suns and other stuff but yeah what, what i just assumed san antonio was gonna be in sort of a major rebuild mode well, because they, they still have DeRozan, Aldridge, and Patty Mills, and, and Rudy Gay, who are ancient. But it's everybody just, else on the team is is basically three years or younger in the league. Yeah. A bunch of young guys. And I love uh, Lonnie Walker's got a little bit of that fuck you attitude, which I really like. And so does Murray, uh, DeWante Murray. I, I, just, yeah. I, I think like I think like Pop, that. once Pop gets rid of some of these old guys, I'm, I can't wait to see how Popovich um, builds this team as he kind of like irons out these guys wrinkles a little bit. Yeah. I'm buying long-term Spurs stock, but I'm with you. I'm not mm-hmm. buying it right now. I think they're going to, they're going to drop and wow. Phoenix is on the way up and says so Denver. I'm with you. And you know, DeRozan, unfortunately his skill set is less and less relevant in the NBA as his career goes on. He, he's the master of the mid range and a right. guy who can get in close to the hole probably isn't going to be able to get close enough mm-hmm. to dunk it, but it's going to do something kind of creative and find a way to score. And he, it was great to watch him with the Raptors when he had sort of free reign to do that uh, for a few years. But um, I mean, he's not a guy you build a team around now. Um, and no, LaMarcus no. Aldridge just passed his prime. So yeah. I just, I, I don't really see, I, I think they should just be in full rebuild. Well, that's what's so funny. Like for so long, the Spurs, the Spurs were the forward thinking team, right? Like Popovich was, you know, they used to call it the beautiful game. I was, I yeah. was massively in love with the Spurs. Like I loved their basketball, like uh, the, the nineties isolation, heavy basketball killed me. I, it just made me mad all the time. And Popovich and LeBron are the biggest reasons that the NBA has changed because LeBron as a player was so unselfish and demanded ball movement from his teammates. And the Spurs team brought in all those European guys who played a much more aesthetically pleasing version of basketball. And then Popovich gets saddled with LaMarcus Aldridge, Rudy Gay, and DeMar DeRozan, who are like as 1990s basketball as you can get in in the modern NBA. Like if you had those three guys in their prime in the 90s, you'd be making like conference finals every year and losing to the Bulls or whatever. Yeah, well, and and I would add Steve Nash to that group of guys who were changing yes, that's the way fair. the game looked. Tony and Dan Dan Tony and Steve yeah. and Steve Nash, even though Dan Tony, you know, ha- still couldn't figure out how to get the guys to play defense and play the type of offensive game right. he wanted. Um, yeah, they they made they made the they made it a team game again, um, and, and really exciting. But yeah, um, Popovich, excellent coach. I feel like he's he's doing too much with this roster now and they need to they need to start losing and get a, a better draft pick yeah well they've you know they didn't tank but the year that robinson got hurt uh they got the luckiest like season-ending injury of their superstar in history when they like yeah when they're like oh all right we'll get tim duncan then and we'll just add him to this team that was already pretty good 
and and go from there. They took like a, basically a team that had no Tim Duncan and no David Robinson, and then added David Robinson and Tim Duncan, you know, through injury and draft. And we're like, so, oh, we're good now. <laughs> so I I heard that they're looking to deal uh, Rudy Gay. You I'm hear sure, anything about but, that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I I don't know what his contract is, but um, yeah, I can't I mean, imagine who, it's friendly. Like, and who, it's, who, <laughs> It's got to be at the end of it. I'm going to look it up real quick. I mean, who do you think would want a Rudy Gay at this point? And and it would have to be a playoff team who needs some extra bit. Either they need a a third or fourth scorer or they need a guy. He's he's like earning like 15 or 16. He's not like prohibitive, but I don't know that like. Or a guy right off the bench. He still can't shoot, right? (laughs) He's still not a great shooter. Like, uh, look at him. He's shooting. uh, He's shooting thirty six percent from three this year. Look at Rudy Gay. Yeah, no, I that's no. I th- I think teams view him as a guy who could be a step up for their shooting either either with their second team off the bench or to kind of round out the uh, offensive firepower of their starting lineup. I bought a lot of Rudy Gay stock back in the day. I was a big <laughs> fan of Rudy Gay. Uh, I thought like before the 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 three and D revolution, I was like Rudy Gay is it. You just need that slasher who can who can take kickouts and attack the basket and i was wrong but um but he's turned in a nice career good job rudy gay um all right so i think we covered all the bases now that was a good long podcast we went like we went to overtime a little bit i like it i think we did good (laughs) um so next week we'll have uh i don't know what we'll cover we'll figure it out and we'll have some games over the weekend to watch and maybe we'll talk about what we saw over the weekend i got myself some league pass so i can uh i can watch whatever now so i'm ready Ready. Yeah, I know there was there were tons of games today, and I I only just started watching them. I saw the um, the Sixers were really uh, crushing it. Yeah, they're beating Houston. Yeah, so. real bad. All right, well, Last thanks for listening, everybody. As uh, so, it's Wednesday night. Obviously, Frank just noted that we're recording since the Sixers are playing Houston. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. Good job, Frank. I think you uh, excellent second game. You really you really felt you really got yourself into the game and real flow. I like it. Good job. All right. Say goodbye to the people, Frank. All right. Bye-bye.